According to the experts, I have 30 seconds to get you on my side. That's right, you're judging me. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it online. The pressure is immense. You're deciding, do I want to invest some time in this? Tell you what, I'm going to flip the script. Can I have another 30 seconds? I'm going to judge you instead today. (laughs) Hmm, do I want to talk to you? (laughs) Do I want to spend my time on you? You? You see me in the camera. Pretty uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Flipping a script is pretty awkward, especially when we got an idea built in. All right, you can kill the timer, and you guys can go back to judging me. I'll spin around if you know. When we change a view, it kind of rocks us sometimes. And sometimes different views get really embedded deep. It's no longer an opinion. It becomes a fact. And when somebody messes with your facts, ooh, that's rough, right? Somebody posts something on Facebook, and you go, I don't know if that might be true. Flipping a script is, is tough stuff. And guess what? We're in church, so who's the best flips, flipper of scripts of all time, right? Jesus. And I love, love, love how he flips some scripts with this special group of people. And I say special because Jerry talked about them last week, the Pharisees. The Pharisees were like the big-time script holders of all things about God. So the Pharisees were these guys that kind of were the rule keepers of God and man. So picture these guys, you know, dressed up kind of religious leaders, and they loved the rules. The more rules you followed, the closer you are to God. So you're getting a picture, right? In today's terms, these guys were the, well, actually, guys. You ever in a room with a well, actually person? You're talking about something, and you, you know something, and, and then somebody goes, well, actually. Or the post, right? You post this happy post, I love puppies. And then, well, actually, puppies are improperly bred and will live a life of sadness. What? That's exactly what it sounds like in my Facebook. I don't know if yours talks to you. Well, actually, is like, ah, just cringeworthy stuff, especially when they're wrong. And um, by the way, I don't know anything about puppies. I just totally made that up. I like petting other people's puppies, especially when they're carrying the little grocery bag of joy behind them. Um, I don't want any part of that stuff. But well, actually, people really get under my skin. And today we're going to see some well, actually, people kind of encounter Jesus. So we're going to dive into Luke 15 and kind of see a well, actually, well, actually scenario. Let's hit verse 1. It says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Okay, you get the picture? Jesus is hanging out with regular people, right? No mention of the Pharisees here. This is just tax collectors, regular people, notorious sinners. Let's continue. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, and get this, even eating with them. Whoa, that's big stuff. We might miss this, but even eating with them was a big deal to the Pharisees. The Pharisees had rules for what and how you eat. So the rule keepers were pretty ticked off about this. So I'm imagining this scenario, you know, the Pharisees and religious law complaining. 
But they're religious leaders, right? A religious leader wouldn't just start cursing and spewing. They probably did one of the well actuallys. Well, actually, God wouldn't want that. Well, actually, we shouldn't associate with sinful people. Well, actually, I, I sound exactly like a Pharisee. I went back and studied that. It's a little bit like Thurston Howell III. Um, if you don't know who that is, ask an old person next to you um, and mention Gilligan's Island. But here's a little tip, no extra charge. Don't drop a well actually in front of Jesus. I think he's going to kind of one-up you on the whole God thing. And he doesn't respond with a well actually. He could have dropped the biggest truth bomb on them in recorded history. But instead, he tells them a story. Now, we call Jesus' stories parables. They're a story with a point. And here, Jesus is going to respond with a story. And we know this because it says so in the next verse. So Jesus told them this story. The Bible's pretty logical. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? He didn't even answer the, the issue. He dropped a question. And I love this. I love what must be going on right now. Picture the, these Pharisees. Oh, is this a trick question? I think I should know this. I don't know this. And the Pharisees are probably, you know, churning in their mind doing the math. Let's see, 100 sheep, one goes away. Let's see, divide by, that's 1%. My math good? A lot of science people in the room. My math good, 1%. I got a thumbs up over here. 1% of sheep, by the way, sheep aren't that valuable in this culture. Sheep are kind of like the lowest form of animals, so 1% of something that's not that great, I'd say let it go. Probably a bad sheep anyways, right? But Jesus continues and says, won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Reality check. All right, it wasn't a trick question. You go find it because, hey, if you're poor and everything you got is like worthless, you still want to hang on to that last little bit of worthlessness because it's all you got. So yeah, you go find it. But here's the flipping of the script now. The Pharisees are thinking through this going, wait a minute, Jesus hanging out with sinners, shepherds going after sheep. Oh no, I think something's going to come unraveled in my head. And what's coming unraveled in their head right at the beginning is Jesus flipping the script on what we believe about God. What we believe about God. According to the Pharisees, and even most people today, we believe that God is, is kind of this distant thing and we have to work our way to Him. We have to go to Him. We have to do all the right stuff. And hopefully if we do one more good thing than we do bad thing, we'll score enough points. And God is distant and judging. But Jesus flips the script here. God isn't distant and sitting on some throne judging. Kind of like people sitting on Facebook on a porcelain throne judging. That was hilarious if you're a 10-year-old boy. That killed in most 10-year-old settings. <laughs> no. God isn't a God that is distant and judging. This parable flips the script. God is near and seeking. Totally blows away this idea of 
of the Pharisees of following the rules and working and working and doing good and good and good to get to God, the shepherd is the one that's going to go look for the sheep. And that's an amazing thought that the God of the universe, the God of the universe seeks lost sheep. Wow. Imagine their little Pharisee hats went poof when they happened. Um, incredible, incredible stuff. And it makes you feel good to know that a God of the universe cares that much. When we flip scripts, sometimes endorphins are released in our brains. Yeah, it's a funky, sciencey thing. But actually, there's a positive emotion with, with something that changes your opinion. That's why some people like haunted houses. Something scares you, and that's a rush. Don't scare me. Terrifies me. My arms move around. You might get hurt. No. But I love a good flip. How many of you guys are HGTV fans? Uh, you know, you swing a hammer and you watch somebody else and you think you can do exactly what they do in 22 minutes. Total remodel time. Check out some of the flipping related shows on HGTV. This is just some of them. Every one of these is a flip the script kind of thing. Yeah, we're only in the F's so far with all the flippers, but there are so many shows of the same exact script that we're going to present you a piece of garbage and we're going to change your perception and we feel good by the end of the show. Changing our minds feels good. I love that one. Why the heck did I buy this house? That is the best title ever for a flipping show. I've not seen it, but they've got my attention now. Flipping a script is amazing. Seeing God through these eyes, I think, totally changed the world for the people around Jesus right there in that moment. Portraying God as someone near and seeking, but even more so, we don't get this in our culture, but portraying God as a shepherd is mind-blowing. See, in the biblical times, shepherds were like the lowest of low. These guys were out in the wild. They lived with animals and kind of lived like animals. Cleanliness, personal hygiene were not high on their list of to-dos. You wake up in the morning and you don't think about those things. You think about where are my sheep and is there a bug I can eat to stay alive? So shepherds, the lowest form of dirty, smelly life, are the exact opposite of a view that the Pharisees would have of God. 180 degrees. By the way, who were the first people the angels went to when Jesus was born? Dirty, filthy, smelly shepherds. Amazing that God portrays and encourages and is all about being near and seeking. Not some distant judging God. But it gets better. This parable rattles another thing. It shakes up some things. It flips a script on what we believe about people. The Pharisees believed that people had kind of different ranks in society, right? You know, these were some people who did a lot of good. These people did medium good, and these people did no good. And they were talking about the crew around Jesus at the time and referred to them as these sinful people. This parable, this story, talks about the lost sheep. In this context, these aren't sinful people. These are valuable people. Totally flipping the script. 
The lost sheep was not a sinful lost sheep, but it was a valuable sheep worthy to go after. I love one of our core values at the Ridge. Our core value, one of our core values is we believe nothing matters if people don't matter. Let me say that again. We believe nothing matters if people don't matter. That's some shepherd thinking, isn't it? That lost sheep matters. Lost sheep is worth going after. It matters. It has value. Not sinful people, but valuable people are the ones Jesus hung out with. Sinful versus valuable. Have you um, ever seen this picture in memes? You see these guys going at it? It shows up online all the time. Um, Reed, our Connections pastor, was saying he sees it almost every day. These guys are going at it. They're fighting. This is Paul Tuttle Sr. and Paul Tuttle Jr. from the TV show American Chopper. And American Chopper was a show on several years ago that was famous for two things. One is making really killer, awesome motorcycles. And the other is these two guys fighting it out. And probably more bleeps per minute than any show in its time. These guys were vicious at each other. Well, I was in a practically empty airport with Paul Jr. about two chairs away once. And I'm sitting there, and I thought, this is really strange. There's Paul Jr., no phone out, no newspaper, no entourage, just sitting there by himself. And an older lady walked up to him and asked for an autograph for her grandson. And I thought, I know how Jr. treats his elders. This isn't going to go well. He took the paper, signed the autograph, and began asking about her grandson. He spent the next 10 or 15 minutes listening to her and being interested in her grandson. Anybody walking up would have thought the grandson was the celebrity. Totally flipped my script. I had no idea that this guy was such a kind human being. Amazing. When you see people, what is the script you build up in your mind right off the bat? What are you looking at first? First impression, what is that thing that you start rating? You start building a scorebook. You're checking off the list. Hmm, I see something here. That's a plus. I see something there. That's a minus. What do you see when people don't look like you? How about people that don't sound like you? What about people that don't think like you? Getting a little deeper, right? People that don't act like you, people that don't talk like you. What do you think about someone who doesn't vote like you and they post about it? Tough stuff, right? See, God sees value. God doesn't see these sinful people. He doesn't see the sinful sheep. He sees value. He sees the valuable sheep. One last one I want to hit, and I think this is one that often gets missed in this story. Jesus flips the script on what I think about me. We've talked about the shepherd. We've talked about how the shepherd goes after the lost sheep. But let's play out what's really going on with the shepherd as the sheep sees this coming. So the shepherd walking through the wilderness, up and over the boulders, the sun's baking, and he's walking through swarms of bugs, and he finally sees the sheep. He finally sees you. 
and he unloads on it, right? I mean, that's normal. You stupid, stinking, dirty, rotten sheep. I have walked over boulders. I have gone through the sun. I've got bug bites in places you don't even want to know. And he grabs a rolled up newspaper and whacks it on the nose. Bad sheep. I don't know where he got the newspaper. Um, <laughs> bad sheep. Get your butt back to the herd, or tonight it's lamb chops and tzatziki sauce. The sheep's thinking, yeah, I got it coming. I went away doing my thing. I messed up. And I got it coming. That's kind of the way a lot of people live their lives. I messed up, and I've got it coming. They feel like the sheep, messed up and worthless. Right? Sheep's got it coming. It did it. It's hard going through life in the messed up and worthless mode. 24-7, you might have that hanging over you. Some of you, you hide it. You hide it. You post all the good stuff. And deep down, there's, there's an area in your life where you feel messed up and worthless. It's universal. Just this morning, on the radio was Imagine Dragons Enemy. Almost half a billion views on YouTube. And one of the lines is, they tell you you're the greatest, but once you turn, they hate us. Oh, the misery, everybody wants to be my enemy. That's a song that resonates because so many people feel like lost sheep. But Jesus wants to flip that script. Let's go to the next part, verse 5, and see where the script gets flipped. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Boom! Wait. Climbed through the boulders, skin, knees, sunburned, bug bites, and when he finds the dirty, stinking, smelly... No. When he finds the sheep, he joyfully puts the sheep on his shoulders and carries it home. You see, Jesus flips the script. We are not messed up and worthless. We are forgiven and loved. And that's mind-blowing. From the perspective of the sheep, totally unexpected. The sheep probably had a view of itself saying, no, I'm, I'm messed up and worthless. What? Wait a minute. I'm, I'm getting a ride home. That's a special shepherd. Has anybody flipped a script in your life? Someone that had a perspective of you that you didn't have? Kind of like the sheep being carried home? weird one. I went to school, I went to college to be an engineer like 90% of Columbus, it feels like. Um, yeah, In this world, it means nothing. Um, some places I can say I'm an engineer. Um, but <laughs> one of the classes I had to take my junior year was called technical communications. That's a fancy word for speech class. And I do not want to get up in front of a room as a college student and today sometimes. Uh, it was terrifying, and my body had a way of letting everybody know. Two things would happen when Mark had to give a speech. One is he would sweat profusely. I'm speaking of myself in third person because I don't want to get too emotionally connected to the story and start doing it right now. Um, but I'm talking pit stains down to my belt. It was not pretty. I could actually feel it running down my side. No, it's gross. Um, but we're all friends, right? We're part of the same church. We can share. Um, 
It was awful. But that isn't even the worst of it. My natural reaction to, to nervousness, to stage fright, was to cry. What? You know, in, in drama class, you get points for that, but not engineering school. No. And my lip would quiver, and I would get super, like, like sobby. So one day, in a party over something that messed up, and the punchline, get this, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Wow! There is more joy in heaven over that one that strayed away. Wow! That can only be God. Humans wouldn't think that way. Humans wouldn't act that way. God is amazing to be a God that loves so much and even celebrates when a lost sheep is found and brought home. You know, maybe we're sitting here and some of us are part of the 99 and that's kind of hard to fathom. But I want to encourage you, let's be part of the celebration. Do you know any lost sheep? Somebody outside your circle even. Do they know that God loves them? How can we let them know that God loves them? How can we let them know that we love them? What can we do in that way? Can we invite them to the ridge? We design every Sunday so you can invite your friends. Maybe that's too big of a step. How about just pray for them? Is there a lost sheep that you know that you can pray for? When you see them, pray for them. When you see a car that looks like theirs, pray for them. God will open doors. It's incredible. But maybe you are feeling like you've messed up too much. There's just no way. Flip that script. You are valued. God loves you and wants to carry you. He's already done the heavy lifting and He wants a party in heaven in your name. When Jesus died on the cross, He took the punishment for all of those sins. Past, present, last week, last night, next week, on Him. He did the heavy lifting and wants to carry you home and have a party in your honor. Can you imagine a party in heaven? Wouldn't that be kind of a, a wild concept? Dream with me a second. A party in heaven, alright? So, how would God throw a party? All people are around. Does he text them? Does he send them a note? Or how's that work? I don't know, but you're at this party and think of how God would decorate for a party. I'm seeing galaxies. No telescope needed. They're just right there. Beautiful, amazing galaxies. Colors our human eyes have never seen before. And the music is just perfect. It's like your new favorite song even though you've never heard it. And you're hanging with your friends, you're hanging with your family. It is the perfect, perfect night. And then you hear the little tap on the glass, right? Ting, ting, ting. And Jesus steps out and says, thank you so much for being here. I am so, so glad that you came tonight because you are making such an impact in the world and I want to celebrate that with you. Thank you for being here to celebrate one of my favorite people.
This is a person that I gave my life for, and I want to have this party in their honor. And he goes behind the curtain and brings out the least expected person you'd imagine, the lost sheep. And the place goes nuts, applauding and screaming in excitement and pure joy over the least likely one of all, the lost sheep. Flip the script. Let's pray. God, thank You so much for being a God of lost sheep. Thank You for loving us so much that You would take on the form of a low shepherd just to come to us. It's amazing to think of the God of the universe in shepherd's clothes. Thank You for loving us. Thank You that we get to be part of celebrations and that You have celebrations planned in our name if we just accept it and take the ride home. Thank You, God, for leaving the 99. Thank You for Your love. In Jesus' name, Amen.